Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Neo 420 Talks, talking all things cannabis and hemp, plus some other stuff. As you know, we have definitely dove headfirst into exposing the lies on a global scale, on a United States sovereign country level, on state side here in Oregon, as we're, we've moved down here, we never knew why, but we knew why at the time, but we did not fully understand on what was actually happening and why we were out here exposing the corruption, the criminality, and all the other things. But in order for it to make sense, because these are very, very deep, profound, heavy topics. But in order for it to make sense, you have to step back and think about the elite, and I'm going to say that the elite criminals of the world are all connected in a way that they have ceremonies, they have secret societies, they have rituals, they have these things that they've been doing for a lot of years, but I want you to hear it from an expert theologian that's covered this more in depth and before I go there we have this entire video posted up on our odyssey.com channel which is neo 420 talks so that is o d y s e e.com when you get there in the search bar search for neo 420 talks channel You'll go over there. The title of this art, this uh, video, is the Venetian Black Nobility and the Baroque. So, without any further, here's some more in-depth information for your consideration. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. The elites are riddled with perverse secret societies that are obsessed with harnessing the power of dark forces. For over a hundred years, Skull and Bones members have included a president, vice presidents, Supreme Court justices, congressmen and senators, captains of science and industry, the very best of America. There's the public perception of the occult and then what is actually happening. It's fantasy and folklore versus the real intangible dark power that the elite are able to harness by being practitioners of the occult. And it's this very art and imagery that we see over and over again that it's just the expression of their dark souls. From over the course of the 12th and 13th century into the 14th century, a form of evil which is directly traced by the Venetians themselves to the ancient Canaanite city of Tyre had arisen to great power in the north of the Adriatic Sea, the city of Venice, which has been in recent time until he moved to London, the residence of Satan on earth. These people great, grew great power. They built a maritime power in the image of ancient 
Phoenicia, which is Canaan. Phoenicia is a Greek word. The people of that region were called the Canaanites. And the center of evil was Tyre. Tyre was destroyed by a great man, Alexander the Great. But the principle of Tyre lived on. And it came into, through the Roman Empire, it came to reside in Venice. And from about 800 AD on, Venice was an increasing power in the Mediterranean. It became a great sea power, which became a dictatorship over the Mediterranean over the period from the course of the 12th century into the beginning of the, 14th, uh, the 13th century with the so-called Fourth Crusade. And I can tell you all the Crusades were frauds. They were all run by the Venetians. Nothing to do with Christianity, they had to do with something else. The Fourth Crusade was organized by Venice to conquer and loot Byzantium, which is its major competitor. And the Latin Empire in Byzantium was set up from 1204 to 1261 when a fellow called Michael Paleog overthrew it on behalf of the Greeks. But Venice became a great looting power. It crushed every element of civilization. It imposed evil cults. It spread the cult of Aristotle throughout the Mediterranean and other cults. It looted everything. It imposed its debt every place. It manipulated nations into making war on one another. They weren't real nations, but they were whatever passed for at that time. They plunged Europe into war and usury and looting and bestiality and cruelty, and nothing could seem to stop it. The political institutions of Europe collapsed at about 1250, or over the period 1250 to 1267, in a series of wars. A leading figure of the late 13th century and early 14th century, Dante Alighieri, typified those who fought desperately to save civilization from this pestilence of Venice and the Venetians' Mongol allies who are attacking Europe from the west, from the east. Venice's power grew. Dante was probably murdered by the Venetians after a trip into Venice and its area. The ideas of Dante lived on through various networks. Not only Dante, but there were great Franciscans and others who continued the tradition, the Augustinian tradition, and developed it then as before. Then in the middle of the century, the 14th century, the whole system collapsed in a chain reaction of bankruptcy, starting with the King of England discovering by checking with his priest that not only was usury a mortal sin, but that he as the King of England, by continuing to pay his debts to usury, was actually contributing to the eternal damnation of the soul of his creditors. <laughs> so the, the King of England repudiated his debts to the houses of Bardi and Peruzzi, which were Florentine-based, but they were key bankers of the period who had looted every part of Europe through this bank. It's very much like the IMF conditionalities today. As a matter of fact, the IMF conditionalities are a repetition, a continuation of the Venetian tradition. They are evil. The people who run the IMF are evil. The bureaucrats of the IMF as a collectivity are purely evil. They are mass murderers. So 
these people were crushed and their political power was crushed by their bankruptcy. There's an analogy today. I'm not Plutarch and I'm not a priest of the cult of Apollo, as he was, but comparisons are sometimes permitted. Today, as then, in the middle of the 14th century, the new Venetian Empire, which is the British Empire, or the Anglo-Dutch Empire, or whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing, is based on financial power. All, all finance and monetary systems today are divorced entirely from trade and production. They're engaged in pure speculation, in, in usury, debt as a form of usury, the looting of countries, of whole regions of the world, the power of the ruling oligarchy, which are like Venetian families, Ford Foundation, this foundation, that foundation. This is what runs the United States, not the government. This is what runs the world, not the governments. The governments are run by these powerful families and their oligarchical connections who control the Washington Post. They control the New York Times. They control the three TV networks. They control Jane Fonda. She might not admit it, but she's a real right-wing fascist, that Jane. <laughs> They are looting the world. They have great power. People are afraid of them. They're afraid of the press. The Congress is afraid of the press. The Justice Department is controlled by these families. Everything is rotten, is controlled by these families. We say, well, what if these people suddenly lose their financial power? What if these banks go bankrupt? What if the IMF is liquidated? What if the international monetary institutions don't function? What if there's no facility by which these institutions can exert their power over society? Something like that which happened during the 14th century, the so-called Dark Age. In 1000, the Byzantine Empire uh, underwent a fundamental crisis. That was the period when Venice started to take over more and more of Europe. And eventually, the power center shifted to the financial oligarchy in Venice. So then, uh, in, two, in 1066, the Normans uh, took over England, and the Saxons got defeated. And then eventually, Venice for a very long time remained the power center of the imperial structure. So you are really looking at a succession of different empires. Now, naturally, Venice in this period, in this long period, underwent changes, family changed, replaced others, but the oligarchical structure eventually, essentially, remained the same. The Venetians are very good at psychological warfare as well. That if you read uh, Friedrich Schiller's Ghosts here, you can see that you what you do is you pretend to be people's friends. You find out what they want, what their weakness is, and you give it to them. If they want money, you give them money. If they want sex, you arrange for that. If they want drugs, you arrange for that. Whatever it is they want, their weaknesses, you feed them. And then you tell them, okay, I'm doing all this for you and I just need these little favors. And you corrupt them. And you corrupt them until you can control them. And of course, you know what they're doing so you can always blackmail them if they try to get out of line. But basically what controls them is the knowledge that if they don't go along with you, then they lose out on all these things they like. You know, if they play ball with you, 
then <clears throat> they become rich, they become famous, they have all of their desires sated, they get everything that they want, in a, but in a mental state which is increasingly depraved and subject to manipulation. And that's also the Venetian method, that you win by corruption. And that the, you, the thing that the empire fears most of all is an honest man who isn't corruptible because he doesn't want those things.